Blog Talk Radio. Welcome. This is Jai Carr, and today is January 20th, 2017. And um, I've decided to change today's episode at the last minute in response to um, deciding to do something very different for me, which was to actually turn on network news and watch this morning's inaugural events. And my youngest daughter, who's home from college for a few more days, was was looking at me going, you never watch this, these news stations. Why are you doing this? How can you do this? Um, and I said, because history is being made, whether I like it or not, whether I agree with it or not, history is being made, and I want to be informed, not reactive, but informed. Um, and as somebody who doesn't listen or watch network news, um, very rarely, very, you know, only for moments when I really want to um, be part of a collective experience for, you know, times of history, as I say, um, do I do that? And I'm always grateful that I do that. I, I you know, I, I don't want to be mistaken for somebody who um, who doesn't appreciate that there is always something of value in everything, even network news, which I will then say, you know, um, as well, is not journalism as it um, is meant to be. Um, it is um, very corporate positioning. It is compromised entertainment. It is all sorts of things that really, to me, I have strayed very, very far away from journalism at its best and its heart. But that said, it does serve as... Um, a window into uh, common collective, the collective culture. And it's important. It's important to stay in some sort of relationship with what we are a part of. So um, today's show is Women's Grace and Grit, Reflections on Times Which Call on Your Soul. And um, the reason I I thought it would be uh, good to talk about this today is I find myself in a very consistent and somewhat, you know, um, it makes me amusing uh, or bemused, I think would be a better way to say it, position with pretty much everybody I know, my children, my friends, even, you know, peers, where I'm very non-reactive. I'm not reacting to, you know, this sense of outrage, this sorrow, this betrayal, um, I, you know, I, and perhaps, you know, one of the things I've thought of is maybe it's because I grew up in the Midwest and a lot of the people I grew up with and our relatives, um, you know, are are people who voted for this significant change in our political um, leadership. And, you know, while I don't agree with their conclusion, um, I understand it. Um, and I also understand, and this is where I, you know, I kept saying to people, you know, my peers, I said, you know, even during the campaign, I said, don't dismiss him. He's talking to people's feelings. And, you know, this is my, you know, people who work at me, with me and people who, you know, know who I am in, in my um, professional life know me to be very adamant about how feelings um, are, you know, kind of the dark horses of most people's lives. They run the show even though they are not in the light for most people. Um, and feelings, our feeling self and feelings that come to us are very powerful. Um, we've been taught to be terrified of them or afraid of them or be in opposition to them. 
And that is a huge mistake because feelings will always win the day. And that's what Trump was doing. He was talking to the feelings of people who are not in, you know, the upper middle class, uh, upper classes. They're talking to people who for generations have been, you know, doing the jobs that make um, the bedrock, the, the structure, the, you know, the mainframe of America. And these jobs were disappearing both through um, the technology revolution that we are in the beginning of, but also through decisions made by people who were not um, from those type of, of communities, those type of traditions and lineages, and, and so undervalued what was being contributed and also what was going to be lost in the loss of those jobs, um, not just through automation, but also just in, in agreements, trade agreements. And um, and again, let me say, I'm not for protectionism. I'm not for isolationism. It's it's not even possible anymore in, in the world we live in. We live in an emerging global um, reality. However, that doesn't mean you don't take care of your people. And I think, you know, one of the things I, one of the most important um, concepts that I was taught in my love of Shakespeare is nothing is good or bad, thinking makes it so. And the reason I love this as a concept is it taught me to look at things from a couple steps back and to say, okay, there's both good and bad and everything. And when we don't acknowledge that there's a good and bad, or another way of saying it, there's a, there's a choice and there's a price, right? Um, when we don't understand that, you know, when we say yes to something, we say no to something else. When we don't take this kind of measured neutral stance and understanding and relationship with our choices, we often then down the road get surprised. Okay, We get surprised because we go, no, 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 that's not what I chose, or no, 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 that's not fair. Well, if you go back to that choice, you weren't looking at the price of it. You weren't looking at the trajectory of it. There have been a lot of choices made in the last 20 years of, of, you know, the emerging um, moneyed class in America and other countries. But America, just, you know, that's the country we're talking about right now. It's the country I'm from and most familiar with, that did not understand or did not take into account long-term effects that there would be great advantages and great disadvantages. Um, and the great advantages, you know, again, the Supreme Court um, decision to allow unlimited and undisclosed um, corporate um, campaign donations, you know, set up a, a train wreck that was about, you know, going to come home to roost as well. So there's a lot of factors leading to today's inauguration and significant change in um, election, um, just, you know, consequences and also, um, you know, governing um, policies and um, and ethics. So, so number one, never underestimate the power of feelings. The people left behind by the recent decisions are pissed, and they have every right to be pissed. Um, we did not act as a community, um, as a country. We acted as haves and have-nots. And, you know, do I think this will change under Trump? I don't know. Um, and the reason I say I don't know is it doesn't look like it, but I've gotten very cautious about <laughs> what something looks like and what something is. Um, the second thing is, 
um, people who know me also know how I am very committed to what challenges you is your opportunity to learn how big, how great, how brave, how wise, how smart, how courageous you really are. Challenge provokes, it acts as a catalyst, it brings out qualities that are not present yet present on the surface or in, in you know to the appearance of the surface. It's the beginning of the conversation. It's not the judgment. So I look at the challenges that are seemingly to line up in this new administration. Um, people who are not experienced, they're not committed to the core values of the positions that they're assuming, um, energy, environment, education, etc., and say, okay, here's the challenge to we the people. What are we going to do about that? Um, and it means you can't just talk about it. You can't just bemoan it. We need to stand up, speak up, show up for the things we really care about. Um, and that's what we were born for. We were born for the times that demanded that. Um, women. Huh, women are the leaders. Why are we the leaders? Because we are going to be the ones most affected by these um, intended changes, not only in um, health care, um, reproductive care, rights, um, we are going to be affected because we always are the heart and center of any family and community. So how people get affected affects us greatly. Again, what is it to be in leadership as women? There's what it has been, and there's what we need it to be, as in we need, we need it to be able to respond because we're going to be challenged as women. This is the good news. Um, so... And, and, you know, the good news is women at their heart understand all of life is precious, all of life is sacred. So how do we step into leadership where we don't continue the polarization? We don't make one thought right and we make one thought wrong. You can't. There's always truth in everything. There's always challenge in everything. Um, do you sometimes need to draw a line in the sand? Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, and that's where you've got to come from your soul. You've got to come from the deepest, wisest, biggest, most intuitive, knowing part of yourself as a woman in this new call to leadership. And so again, you know, it's it's exactly, it's, it's perfect. It's perfect as it is. Is it easy for our mind, our ego, for our tendency to want to complain but do nothing? Yeah, it's it's challenging, and then that's what it's meant to be. It's meant to be challenging. The things we have are precious. I mean, I remember when I was 15 years old was one of the first times I got, you know, understood the power of being political. Um, I showed up in Planned Parenthood marches. I worked for um, Eugene McGovern, excuse me, Eugene McCarthy, and um, McGovern, I have the buttons still. Um, I've been a you know donor since 16 to Planned Parenthood. Um, and and you know language is important. I mean, anytime someone says, "Oh yeah, Planned Parenthood," you know, abortions, I go, "No, look at your numbers. It's a very small part of what Planned Parenthood does. It does a lot of family support. It does a lot of um, health care for women unable to otherwise get it, who are then part of families where they're, you know, they're being, becoming sick because they don't have health care, would affect many, many people who care for them, men and women. 
it's it's having to begin having new conversations, having new ways of having conversations. This is this is what the call to leadership for women is now. Um, and taking that kind of solid certainty that we know when we know what we need to do for our child, for our family, you know, for for a loved one. We just it comes from deep inside of us and we let it roll out into actions, whether we're tired, whether we want to, whether we've done it ten times that day. Okay? That's what we're being asked to do for not only our family but for our communities and for our country and really our world. So, you know, is it burdensome? No, not when not when one thinks of it as I just simply need to kind of turn more to my soul, more to my spirit, and ask for that energy, that wisdom, that guidance to come from a part of me I underuse. It's on, our souls and spirits, and even our hearts are vastly underutilized in terms of helping us. So. For me, the reflections on times which call on our soul is really exactly that. It's to take how we we have been navigating for, you know, centuries and say, okay, we need to do this differently and let's call on resources we have that we have underutilized. And to really seek to understand. It's one of the big, big things that I've learned um, not only philosophically but as a parent of adult children. It's seek to understand more. I can have my reactions to what my children choose and do and say, but go down, shift down, as it were, into myself and say, I love this person. How do I choose to respond to what they've said that's triggered me, that's made me not happy? But how do I shift down into my love and say, I don't understand. It feels this way. Is that what you're intending? And to begin to have those kind of conversations, not only with our children, with the, with with each other. Seek to understand. Because behind that is some pain, is some misunderstanding, is some dream that they believe will die unless they do what they're doing. It is actually a call to greater intimacy with not only ourselves, with each other. And again, you know, be careful to pay attention too much to what's on the surface. Go down into yourself. Begin to become more intimate in, in relationship with yourself, your soul, your spirit, which will allow you to then listen carefully, seek to understand others as well. And, and for others to seek and understand you. But, but again, there's leadership that's being asked of us as women to do so. And so we can model that and begin to form different ways of having dialogues, of having conversations, of having conflict. Um, but make no mistake, it will take action. It will take more than talking to people that you agree with and agree with you. So I leave us with the thought that, and one of the things that really inspired me to switch this to, to this show today was, was I think it was Charles Schumer talked about on the inauguration where he shared a, a story about a, a, a soldier who said, um, it is not because I go into war because I agree as much as I agree to serve what um, I want to honor, which is, you know, 
um, the nobility of the United States, the nobility of this dream we have called uh, democracy. And I thought, you know, that, um, and the soldier was killed three days later. Um, I thought, you know, that is really, never, never underestimate the power of your dreams. And, and if you have a dream for a country that respects women, that accepts all colors and faiths, then make that dream real by by acting on that dream, by serving that dream, by showing up for that dream. And that is really what democracy is asking for us right now, um, from us. Um, we have to show up for our dreams, you know, and without a dream, you're simply going through your day, you know, waiting to die. Dreams are really important. Um, and the dream of democracy and the dream of the United States is asking us to show up for it. Um, there's just no doubt. So, um, and again, as I said, I'm not anti-Trump. I'm not pro-whatever. Those times have to be behind us. We can't be anti and pro. We have to be. We have to be committed to. We have to be honoring of. We cannot be against um, what is really <clears throat> just the other side of us. It will not work, and that's that's part of part of the workshop we're in now. So um, I don't ask for you to agree with me, but I ask you to, to to think about how it is you can come from a bigger place, how you can show up for what is really true for yourself without making others wrong. How can you make your circle bigger and include others and model that so others can model from that and then also make their circles bigger? Okay? That's, that is one of the aspects of leadership that women are, are being called to change. Um, Got to go, and um, I'll resume next week with my um, usual type of show, and um, be well. Take care.